Hi all, and welcome once again to, well actually, both of my podcasts. That's right. This episode, Paranormal Railway, is where both of my podcasts, UFOs and other paranormal stuff, and the Railway family come together in one. Thank you all for listening to my previous episodes of both podcasts, by the way. It's very kind of you. And what can I say? I'm so very happy that you are, of course, listening and sharing the podcasts to your friends and family. Please keep doing so. I'm very grateful. We have listeners all the way over in the United States, Australia, Canada, Hungary, Russia, UK, of course, Denmark, France, Spain, Norway, Netherlands, Germany, and many more countries. I am really thankful for your listening from wherever you are from. Please also keep sending me your stories. I've had a lot come in this past month and I'm working my way through them, all the while having to go to work too, of course. Remember, you can send the stories to UFOs and other paranormal stuff at gmail.com and greatrailwayfamily at gmail.com. You can also communicate with me via Twitter now at you and OPS. That's at you and OPS. And of course on Facebook, just click on the Facebook group, UFOs and other stuff, as well as the Railway Family group. Please keep it coming. Now to this episode, Paranormal Railways. The railways, a great way to get around the countries that you live in, but also a great way to get around the continents and indeed the right wider world. I have worked on the railways in the southeast of the UK, but I've travelled the networks of the UK extensively throughout my lifetime, and I have been lucky enough to travel on the railways of Europe too. They have given me some very good memories that I will keep with me forever. But when all the trains have stopped running for the night, and when there are no passengers bustling about, the railways take on a very different feeling altogether. Then, of course, you have the underground systems. None more spooky than the London underground system. With steam engines hauling trains between Paddington and Farringdon stations on what is now part of the Hammersmith and City and the Circle Lines, London underground system was first opened in January 1863. And along the way, it has picked up many stories, the likes of which might make you not want to use it again. I used to use the underground for work during the mid-1990s, and believe me, being the only person in the eerily quiet Clapham Common station after the penultimate train of the night has just left was weird. It felt at times like there were people there, and the hairs on the back of my neck would stand on end. I used to wish that my train would hurry up. One of the busiest areas of central London is Covent Garden. It's pubs, bars, cafes, restaurants and location right near to Trafalgar Square, Beckenham Palace, Westminster and of course Theatreland, etc. means that it is full of people almost all of the time and the underground station too is usually full. But even this station, when it gets quiet, has a very weird feeling about it. Since it first opened in 1907... There have been stories of a tall man wearing a hat and cloak wandering the corridors after dark. 
The ghost has terrified some workers so much so that they requested a transfer to a less haunted station on the network. The ghost is reported to be the actor William Terrace, who was murdered. By the end of 1897, fellow actor Richard Arthur Archer Prince was destitute and desperate for work, but he had become unemployable. On the 13th of December, he was forced from the foyer of the Vaudeville Theatre after trying to gain free admission with a pass from the Adelphi Theatre. Prince became increasingly convinced that William Terrace was actively preventing him from getting any acting work, and he developed a bitter attitude towards the more successful actor. On the 16th of December 1897, Prince asked for money at the funds office, but was told that his request could not be considered on that day. He then concealed himself in a doorway across the street from the Adelphi Theatre's stage door in Maiden Lane and waited for Terrace. As Terrace was arriving to prepare for the evening performance, Prince ran across the road and stabbed him in the back, side and chest with a butcher's knife. Prince later told the police that he had done it for revenge as Terrace had kept him out of employment for 10 years and I either had to die in the street or kill him, uh, Prince said. Terrace died shortly afterwards. Before he was killed, he used to visit a bakery that once stood on the site of Covent Garden Station, and he now stalks the corridors of that station. Bank Station A few weird stories are said to have come from the murky depths of Bank Station. The Black Nun haunts the station tunnels as she moans and wails when trains pass by. The spirit is said to be that of Sarah Whitehead, a lady whose brother was sentenced to death by hanging after committing the crime of forgery at the Bank of England above. She mourned her brother's loss by wearing a long black dress and a veil and waited for him outside the bank every day for the rest of her life. Her soul still loiters around the station. But of course, it's not just the London Underground that has its paranormal stories. Here is a story sent to me from a lady who wishes to remain unidentified. One evening in early 2016, I was sitting on a train waiting for it to leave. The train was on the middle track, so trains could pass it each way. There was heavy rain. I glanced up from my newspaper at her opposite carriage window and noticed somebody walking along the platform. The train's windows tilt inwards, so if they'd actually been walking along that platform, they'd have been six foot in the air. It was a reflection of the opposite platform nearest to me. I also saw the reflection of the wooden fence, which was only on that side. Turning to my left, I saw the platform and the fence, but nobody was walking there. When I looked at the opposite window, I could clearly see them again. I watched the figure walk along the platform out of sight, all the while reflected in the carriage window. At least they were going the right way along the platform towards the shelter. Thank you very much for that story. Another story from Mark. I had a, well, odd is the word I'd use, 
I had an odd experience a few weeks ago at Derby Station. I had a bit of a spotting session there yesterday and it was bright and sunny and very hot and at no point was I chilly. However, about half past one in the afternoon, I decided to head out and grab a bite to eat and get a drink. I decided to use the subway to get from platform five to platform one. As I was walking through it, I was by myself at all times and yet I felt like there was somebody there walking beside me. I got a very uneasy feeling and couldn't wait to get to the other side. As soon as I got to platform one, the feeling went away. Thank you, Mark. Since receiving your story, I have found that there have been a lot of stories of ghosts at Derby Station, including a video on YouTube which purports to show two ghosts walking through an automatic door, which does not open. Who knows if it's fake or real, I'm not sure. And Graham tells me of an experience at Dunsford, sorry, Dunford Station years ago. The station is not in existence anymore, having been demolished. I had the feeling of being watched by unseen eyes. The signal box was devoid of any equipment. Early morning when I was there, I heard bells ring out to accept a train or train out a section. Really eerie. A security guard, when the company were installing national grid power cables in the 1954 tunnel, said to me that he saw footprints in the snow leading to the old Victorian tunnels. Upon investigation, there was no one around. Thank you, Graham. Thank you very much for that story. Thank you, everyone else. Now one from me. I worked at East Croydon Station in South London for the best part of 10 years. East Croydon is a busy station with three island platforms linked together by at the entrance and the ticket office at the country end and a new bridge with lifts and stairs at the London end. This particular day, I was working in the middle of platform three and four, near to the lift for the new bridge. Early afternoon, a very old Japanese man came to me and he said, Horsham, I could hardly hear him. He showed me what looked to be a very old piece of paper with Horsham written on it. As he had just missed the train to Horsham on platform three, I directed him via the lift to platform six, pointing the way in case he couldn't understand me. I radioed over to my colleague on platform five and six, who could see me and the man, and told her that he needed the train to Horsham in, I think it was about 13 minutes. I also radioed my colleague in the middle of platform one and two, as well as the Gateline staff up on the bridge, as well as London End staff on all the platforms, just in case he went the wrong way on the bridge and ended up somewhere he didn't want to be at the station. He disappeared into the lift on three and four. As he left, I couldn't help but notice how very old he was. He looked to me like he was in his 90s, possibly even over 100 and very frail. I thought it was very odd that he was travelling on his own. A few minutes later, the colleague on five and six told me that he hadn't got onto the platform yet. I asked my colleague on platform one and two, who said that he had not shown up there either. And I, of course, I asked the Gateline staff on the bridge and the London End staff, who also stated that they had not seen the man. 
Now, the new bridge is built above an old subway which was still accessible by lift on platform 5 and 6 to those who have a special key. There is no way that passengers can go down there unless a worker in the subway has requested the lift. They would, however, have heard the radio conversations and, even if they didn't, they would have taken the man back up to the platforms had he gone down to the subway by mistake. Nevertheless, I asked my colleague to go and have a look down there, as it is quite dark down there. She went and had a look all the way through the subway and all the way out to the exit gate, which was locked. No sign of the man. So I had to contact the platform supervisors and the managers at the station to tell them that we have a possible missing person. The reports were made and a week later I was called into the office and told that an investigations had shown the man was spotted getting into the lift on 3 and 4 after I'd spoken to him. And that was the last he was seen. Even the investigation could not see him getting out of the lift. That was nearly six years ago, and I still wonder what happened to that man, if it was a man, to this day. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this joint episode for UFOs and other paranormal stuff and the railway family. Bit of a short one this week, but blame work. Work always gets in the way of fun. Again, please keep your stories coming in to me at UFOs and other paranormal stuff at gmail.com and greatrailwayfamily at gmail.com on Twitter. It's at you and OPS, UFOs and other paranormal stuff Facebook group and UFOs underline and other paranormal stuff on Instagram now too. In the next episode of UFOs and Other Paranormal Stuff, I will be talking about a phenomenon known as the wood boogers, strange creatures that live in the Appalachian Mountains in the USA. My American listeners, your input would be very much appreciated. Thank you all again. Have a great couple of weeks, and I will speak to you very soon. Bye-bye. Take care.